Um, yesterday was number 115, today is number 116, and uh, we'll start a review. 116, oh, okay, good. Yeah. Way ahead. You're way ahead? It's 116 today. We'll have in mind, Rufu Ashleima, Rachelei Basara, Yaakov Pinchas Ben Chayeta, okay? Hadassah Basranya. Oh man, that's what I got in my head. Um, I don't know your in-laws' names, uh, but uh, they should have four shalema. Thank you. Okay. David Michal Ben. David Michal Ben. Devor. Okay. Shalema Ben. Ben Sarariba. Okay. All right, and with that, let's get do the review of yesterday's stuff. We're in the new parak talking about when we can trust the woman when she says her husband's dead. So. Um, <laughs> Where are you laughing? It's so sad, you know. Like, Sing right after the Shiva process. <laughs> 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 All right. So um, that's the topic. Listen, I didn't choose the topic. Okay. All right. So the Shiloh was. The shaila was is that we saw in the Mishnah in the beginning of the parak that there's it depends if there's a, oh no no basis, basically we have a peaceful world we have a peaceful um, home situation, so we believe if she says her husband's dead we just believe it we take it at face value enough for her to even do yibum, if however there's milchamas going on so either milchama between the you know in the family but, you know uh, we'll explain what that means in today in today's daf or there's milchama in the world so then we don't have the same believability so the question is what if she's the one as far as we're concerned everything's been beautiful um, the world's going well and then she says well we were in uh, in an area where there's a lot of wars going on which he, are which the Abedzin has no knowledge of. And um, and she provided that information and says, but her and her husband's dead. Now, question is, we have what's called a malo l'shaker, which means that if she would have just kept her mouth shut about the factor of the of of, of the war going on, we would just believe her. So now, too, we should believe her. That's what that's one. That's the side A, and the side B is is that yeah, but now that she said that there is war, so she provided that information, and in a wartime, there's a likelihood that she's just. Um, making assumptions. It's like, how could anybody survive all that gunshots and the wound and whatever? It's like a disaster. So they be, they're, they're going to jump to conclusions, which is the natural thing. And that's why we, we, have, we don't trust her. It's not that we think she's lying, but she's coming to jumping to conclusions. So that's the question. Um, whether we, can, we can't believe her and basically we don't have, uh, we can't rely on the fact that, you know, she has no reason to lie over here. So that was the question. So we brought some proofs. First case that we brought from is that if a woman claims that uh, our house came, you know, you know, there was a fire in the house, there was major smoke, damage, couldn't, couldn't breathe, I made it, I somehow managed to escape. My husband got stuck in and he's dead. So, or the cave. Anyway, so um, we don't believe her. And that's because... You know, the, with what, all that's going on, it's like Muhammad basically. But she's introducing the re, the reality that was not known to us. 
um, about the you know the situation in her home, which is basically similar to a Muhammad that she's providing. So that's like she created that 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 scenario, and we don't trust her. So it's exactly like this. We say, we see that we don't trust. So the Gemara says it's different over there. The reason why is because just like she um, he uh, just like she somehow miraculously escaped, you could say that he also miraculously escaped. Why? Why? You know, there's there's no reason why. How would she survive and not him? It's okay. So that's why it's questionable. Now, what about the next case? Okay, so we talked about another case that uh, she claimed also um, they were attacked by crusaders or whatever, by um, robbers, they were bandits that came and attacked them. Okay, and he died and I was saved. So we believe that. That has some uh, air of believability. Um, so isn't that also indicating it's the opposite direction that we that we could trust her because after all she's the one who's introducing that factor that that throws everything into question. So therefore she doesn't lose her believability. So Kumar says there's a different thing when it comes to attacks. Women have weaponry on them on their body. That means that uh, because they'll be raped or whatever it is, the point is it's a it's a weapon that saves their lives basically. Um, then they're less likely to get killed, and therefore the story rings true that her husband actually did die and she survived. It's not uh, like something that throws into the question on her believe on the believability of the story. Okay. Anyway, so the Gemara says another case. There was a uh, fellow. The end of the wedding, there was a fire caught onto, at, the, at the party. And the wife was yelling, look at my husband, my husband, he's caught on fire. And uh, after the party, they find, you know, the, they find a, a basically a burnt carcass um, lying on the ground. And a hand that was, se- a severed hand that's thrown on the ground. So Rabbi said, you know, maybe this is like the smoke case, and therefore... Um, uh, we can't we can't believe her. We, we don't got have enough to go on. Um, Rava says it's not not. It's very different here. First of all, she claimed that she was yelling. My husband was caught on fire. That's number one. Number two, we have a dead body in front of us, so maybe we can't recognize. It's beyond recognition, but we do have a body produced, and we have a hand that's you know, that's severed. So Rav Chibaravin felt that this is not enough to go on. First of all. A body could be somebody else who's trying to help. The, even if the husband was caught on fire, it could be the, you know, it was the guy who's helping who died, who got burnt. And uh, what are you going to say? The 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 hand that got chopped off, maybe it was her chassan's hand, and because of his blemish, he was so embarrassed that he just ran off. And um, and that's what happened, maybe. So therefore, it's a question, and we don't have. It's not enough conclusive to be able to free her to get to. Uh, Free her to to marry. So um, next case was uh, next Shiloh was what if there's one witness and in a wartime. So do the question is what is the basis of believability of one witness? Is the basis of believability is that it's what we call a milsa of David something that the truth is typically if the guy's alive he's going to show up sometime. Guy doesn't want to be caught as a liar, so he's not going to make up a story. So therefore, that's why we believe the one witness. And therefore, we would believe it even in the case of Muhammad as well. On the other hand, maybe the reason is is because um, of of her. She, by doing her checking, she will augment his statement by verifying, because she know because of the ramifications. But in a case of war, maybe she won't verify as much because, after all, 
she assumes that's what the whole point of the war. That's why we don't trust her in war because she makes assumptions. Oh, who could survive those terrible battles, etc. So that's the story. Anyway, um, so we tried bringing a proof from Reb Kiva. Reb Kiva went to Narda to uh, do the Iber Shana, and he found this Nechemiyesh based Ali. And this Nechemiyesh told Reb Kiva, he says, I heard that you don't allow a woman to marry in Eretz Yisrael by one witness, uh, except for Reb Yudah ben Bava. And he said, yeah, and Reb Kiva uh, confirmed that. Yeah, indeed, that is true. So he said, look, you know this country is filled with marauding armies. It's dangerous. Um, I want to tell you a tradition <coughs> I have from Gamliel Azokin that you, that you can marry a woman off on the basis of one witness. Um, pass that along. So first we thought that what he was trying to say is, is that even in the case of Milchama, you can believe in Eidechot. And that's really answering this question. Uh, the, so the Gemara says, no, that's a rub explains. That's not what's being said here. What he's saying is, because otherwise, why talk about this Medina? Talk about any time there's war. Why did he say here there's war? The answer is, he's, he said, really, I should go myself and tell the people in Eretz Yisrael. But since there's all these armies going around, I can't leave my family in danger. I've got to be here to protect them. So therefore, you say this, you pass all of the news, what I, my tradition from Rabbi Gamliel. Bottom line is not conclusive proof. We brought a raya from a story. There's two Tomidachamim that were traveling with Abiyosif and Simoy in a boat. The whole boat sunk. And uh, Rabbi allowed the wives to marry on the basis of women's testimony. So now, first of all, a boat sinking is kind of like a milchama because there's a lot of assumptions, you know, how could a person survive, you know, a lot of chaos going on. So the, that's, it's very similar to the a The women were on the boat and they The women, well, maybe one boat sank, you know, and the other boats, uh, you know, nearby, whatever it was. Anyway, okay. so women, even a hundred women is like one witness. So we have an eight, oh. we have a, the advantage of like an eight, we have the situation of a, of a single witness. And um, uh, we're talking in a halachic sense, okay? And, uh, the, uh, and, and we talk about the circumstance of a mulchama, and we believe, the, we believe it. So you see, it's good. Um, so the Gemara says, hold on. First of all, what was the circumstance of the, of the, of the water situation? Water, there's a special situa- scenario in halach. If you see someone going under in the water, Unless you can see all the land around, so you can tell if nobody comes up, because you could see them, if they would come up, they would come up within the eyesight around, of, of the land around. So then, um, uh, basically, you, you, um, the, we can't assume that they're dead. Maybe they got up just after the horizon, and you missed them, and uh, they did survive. So um, it must be that we're not talking about where they drowned, we're talking about where they fished the bodies out of the water. And uh, the women were able to identify them based on simanim. So we're not really so much relying on the women over there, we're relying on the simanim that they're providing. Um, and uh, so that's the, that, that's the bottom line is, is that that doesn't prove anything as far as our question. So we have a, a case, the case, and who's going to continue on discussing the, what's the bottom line in this case. The case is, is that there was this fellow who gave someone else sesame to watch. Okay? Very, very valuable, making his hummus out of it, whatever, it's trina, it's important, okay? And, um, and he said, give me the sesame, and he said, um, I don't have it, you know, you took it already, you know, and I tell you uh, how exactly how much it was, because I saw you put it in the barrel, and, uh, 
and uh, it's exactly the, this and this weight. It's you know five pounds, and uh, sure enough, in the barrel there's five pounds of sesame. Okay, so he's like, that's not the same. That's different. That that five pound sesame is other ones. The one the, the one that I gave you to watch is different ones. So what do we believe? That's the question. It's two two versions, two stories, and who do we believe over here? So Rav Chizda said that this is the case of the Tutamilachamim. Just like by the Tutamilachamim, we say that the bodies we found are the bodies that went you know that went under. Um, we don't say these are new bodies. So it's the same thing here. So the Gemara says that's Rav says that you can't compare that um, by the case of the two dead bodies. We're relying also on Simanim. Yeah, there was no simon for sesame. Sesame is sesame. What are you saying? He managed to give the, the weight? That's a, you know, it's good a guesstimation. That doesn't prove anything. So um, that's the discussion. So what does it show us? What's the sesame resolution? The, no answer yet. Uh, no answer. Oh. The question, we, we won't re- resolve till today's stuff. Okay. What's the bottom line with the sesame? So the question is, do we assume that the sesame that's there is the same sesame that was given? Or not. So Makshisha, the son of Rav Chiz, the said to Ravashi, um, we never worry that the, the switch the, of a switch rule. If this is, you know, like why would we assume that? And the proof is um, that if you find a vessel and it's written with the letters of a kuf, then we know that it's a hegdish. It has a letter mem. It's my serve. It's dalit. It's dumua. Tes is tevel. Tuf is truma. And, uh, and the reason why they were written in code is because it was when you couldn't keep the Torah. It was like you had to sort of hide the fact. It was a Murano circumstances, basically. We had that a few times in history. Anyway, so, um, so basically, uh, that, that, they couldn't show that they were keeping any of the halachos. Um, so, right, uh, there was like a whole group of people that have like pig's feet, pickled pig's feet that they keep on the window. They were, like, comes from Murano, so sort of show that they eat pig. Yeah, they just, it was prominently displayed in the window. It's a, Maran, it's a Marano Minak. Okay. Very interesting. <laughs> right. Anyway. Anyway. So that's the story. Anyway. So they had to like... They make it, it themselves? I have no idea. It just sits there. They didn't eat it, but it sits there. It's like, it's like okay. Anyway. So... Um, so Ravina, um, so anyway, so Ravina said to Ravashi, so you see that we assume that what's in there is what's labeled. We believe the labels, basically, that it wasn't switched out. And Ravina said to Ravashi, what do you mean? We always assume that it's switched out. Look at the next line. Raviosi says that even if you find a barrel that's written out truma, we assume that it's chulin, because probably it had truma at one point in time, and they left the label on. Um... So it must be that, in general, we do assume that you can't trust any labels. It was probably switched. The Bachlok is over here. What? We're assuming that the different grains, the different zoom zoom, they were packed different, with different packages, right? No. With, I, it I, was loose sesame. That's all it was. Loose sesame. So, of course, it got... It In gets, a barrel. There's no simonim for it. Okay, exactly. so it, of course, it gets uh, mixed. No, 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 but the question is, the guy gave it to him to watch, and he says, you took it back, and I'll tell you exactly how much you took, and you put it in your barrel. Yes, and they go to the barrel, and they see, full of sesame. By the way, you can see. Yeah, but he says, no, no. He says, that's it's different so sesame, and not the sesame I gave you to watch. We don't know who to believe over here. Okay. So it's, the answer is that we don't, we, we, the answer is, 
Um, we always worry that maybe they, it got switched out of the barrel. The reason why there's a machlokas between Rabbi Yossi and the Tanakama with regards to the labeling is because the first opinion is, is that if they switched things out, they would have scratched off the lettering. They left it on. And the other is, maybe they forgot to scratch it off. That's why Rabbi Yossi says we don't assume that. We assume it probably was emptied. I, or, or another possibility is that they left it labeled that way, mislabeled, so nobody would touch it because they didn't want anybody eating, you know, what, you know, like, a, so there's a lot of times people intentionally leave things mislabeled for, like we gave examples yesterday, you know, you don't your want anybody, cake. your kakash cake, exactly, it's very important, okay. The kakash cake was the example, they mislabeled the kakash cake that it's like raw meat or something, right. Is that famous cake? Kakash, it's the, it's the long roll, it's like a Hungarian cake where they, it's rolled with chocolate. It's kind of like babka, but it's a different shape, whatever. It's better. It's moister. It's what they serve it. It's what they serve it. It's better than the babka. Who makes that in Houston? I've never had that. They sell it in Randall's. In Randall's, they sell it. In Randall's. Randall's, they sell Heimish Kalkus. That's what they sell. Heimish Kalkus. They buy it from some place in New York, I think. That's really what happens. They don't bake it locally. Do I hear a recommendation in general? Yes, in general. They're very highly recommended. Every Friday before Mincha, we have. You learn everything in Dafyami. Everything, right. Everything. Right. Everything. Was traveling from Cordova to Spain. He died on the way, and they sent a message that this fellow with this name, who's the nephew of Rabivi, was traveling from Cordova to Spain and he died. Do we assume there's two people with the same name? That's the question. So Abayi says, Yeah, we do. And Rabbi says, No, we don't. So Abayi says, How do I know that we do? Because it was a get in Arda, and it said that inside of this colonia, this place, this town, I, Andrew Narda, divorced my wife. And they found such a get. And Avud Shmuel asked Rabbi Yudha Nesia what to do with it. And he said, check Narda to make sure there's nobody with the same name. But no, without I, that, I oh, so that means you do have to check. So the Gemara says, no, no, no. Really, that's not the case. Rabbi says, really, you don't need to check. Why did he say to check? Because once Avud Shmuel asked him, so he couldn't just make him feel that it was like a, a stupid question. So that's why he told him, check Narita, but really you don't even to, need to worry about it. Okay? How does Rava know his shita that you don't need to check? Because there was two documents that came from Mechusa. It was written, Chavi Bar Nanoi and Nani Bar Chavi. And it was, and they, Rav allowed him to, Rav Barvua said you could collect it, it's collectible. And there's so many people with the same name, apparently in that town there's popular names, and uh, a lot of people had the same exact name, and they're still collectible. Pai says that doesn't prove anything either. And the reason why is because when it comes to a document, who, what, first of all, what do you think, he dropped it? Okay, if, you're, if that's what shows that you're going to be able to collect, you don't drop something like that. You keep it very well protected, number one. What do you say, number two, that he gave it to somebody to watch? 
what is the shaita that he would give it to a, a guy with the same name? Look, this says, oh, your name's Yaakov Nagel? Well, my name's also. Can you watch my document that says that Yaakov Nagel is owed a thousand dollars? Please, just you know, keep it in a safe place. That's like you set yourself up for trouble. Nobody's going to do that. That's number two. But number three, what are you going to say? That, uh, that he gave it over intentionally? So guess what? The guy, if you give it over and you say, I want you to be able to collect this, you, then, then it is collectible to the person. The beer, it's a beer bond, basically. So bottom line, osios is niknos b'mesira. So the bottom line is, that's why that's an exceptional case, that we don't worry about it. But in general, we do worry about two people with the same name. And that's the review. And we'll take it from